Welcome to the second episode of Ben Griffin's podcast. First of all, I just want to take the time to say thank you to everyone that listened to the first episode. I was blown away by the fact that so many people listened to it, by the fact that anyone listened to it, to be honest. So thank you so much to everyone who listened to that. And thank you to everyone who's come back for round two. I really, really appreciate it. Just want to give a quick, say a quick happy Easter to everyone. It's just been the Easter long weekend. It's been pretty weird with everything going on at the moment. I'm sure it was a strange Easter for a lot of people. But I hope everyone enjoyed it. Hope you got to hang out with your family. Hope you got to eat heaps of chocolate. Yeah, hope it was a good weekend. So with this episode, I've called it isolation. So basically what I want to do is talk about the last couple of weeks and how the new isolation, social distancing laws, I don't know if they're laws, regulations, I think they're laws, aren't they? Anyway, how the new isolation and social distancing laws have impacted our business. So I work for, as I said in the first episode, I work for a strength and conditioning gym in Canberra called Real Fit Strength and Conditioning. So I want to go through kind of the impact those new laws and regulations have had on our business, the impact it's had on me personally, and then we're going to finish with some isolation training tips for athletes. So... In regards to business-wise, the last couple of weeks have been pretty hectic, to say the least. So on the 23rd of March, we had to close the gym at midday. We found out, I can't remember if it was the day before or two days before, that we were going to have to close the gym that Monday, the 23rd at midday. So basically, that obviously just sent us into a spin. I remember the morning of that Monday when we had to close... We still did everything as normal in the morning. Then obviously we just closed at midday and we were then frantically trying to contact clients, let everyone know what was going on. We basically just told everyone to hang tight and we'll get back to them. Then we had then we had a series of meetings to work out what we were going to do. So initially we went to mobile PT. So we'll run around doing PT all over the place. We were already doing quite a bit of online stuff. So we kind of bumped that up a bit and moved all our PT to mobile PT, so training people outdoors, at their house, wherever we could pretty much. So it was a bit of a crazy week. And then we had to keep adjusting what we were doing as the uh, laws and regulations changed, which was happening kind of day to day. So we had to keep watch and basically adjust what we were doing on a daily basis. Now, eventually we got to the point where it was just becoming too hard to do face-to-face stuff. So we pretty much just decided to scrap it. We decided to get rid of all face-to-face training. We moved our PT to online sessions. So we're currently doing our PT through Zoom. And we obviously still offer the same online programming that we've been offering that we've been offering the whole time. So yeah, it was a pretty crazy couple of weeks having to sort everything out. We're kind of coming out the other side of it now. We've kind of got everything set and it will basically stay how it is now until this period ends which is honestly a bit of a relief because those two weeks were very stressful and pretty crazy to say the least. There has been a few kind of positives though now that things are starting to settle down. Obviously, first of all, in terms of negatives too, obviously the, obviously the um, our debit's gone down massive. We're not bringing in as much money, but it's just a good thing we're able to keep working. A lot of businesses haven't don't have that luxury, so the positive there is that we're able to keep working. And now that we've got a bit more spare time, we can actually review a lot of the things that we do and decide if we want to make any changes when we do get the opportunity to reopen. So that's kind of been a bit of a cool thing. In terms of me personally, it's been um, it's been interesting. I'm a massive creature of habit. So I love a good routine. 
And basically from that Monday when the gym had to close, whole routine just disappeared pretty much. So with everything being online now, and I have far, far less work and far fewer scheduled appointments, so I have a lot more control, a lot more free time, a lot more control over what I do on a day-to-day basis, which is kind of weird. So I've kind of just been slowly building up new routines, new habits, because like I said, I'm kind of lost without <laughs> regular routines. So it's been really, really strange from that point of view. And training's been something that's really helped though, trying to keep my training as similar as possible, training in the same sort of times that I normally would, has been really important because then I can kind of build things around that. So speaking of training, that's a good segue into what I want to talk about next. So now I'm going to go into a few tips that I have regarding isolation training for athletes. So now obviously every person's situation is kind of different. If you're lucky enough to still have access to most of the equipment you'd usually use, a barbell, plates, dumbbells, these sorts of things, basically just keep training as per usual. You're very lucky. These tips are kind of more focused at those that aren't lucky enough to have access to much equipment. So they might have a couple of kettlebells, a couple of bands, or don't have access to any equipment at all. Now, if you do have heaps of equipment, some of these tips will still help you. But as I said, mainly targeted at those with very little equipment. So the first thing I want to say is, Don't be too hard on yourself. Do what you can with what you have and don't compare your current training now to the way it usually is. You're just going to make yourself upset if you do that. These are unprecedented times and what's going on is completely out of anyone's control. So literally all you can do is do what you can with what you have. It's corny, but it's it's very applicable to this current situation. Are you going to lose some strength because you don't have access to equipment? Probably. Are you going to lose some muscle mass? Maybe. It's just the way it goes. But understand that everyone's in the same boat. Just do everything you can to negate those losses and maybe even, yeah, get a bit stronger, get a bit faster, those types of things. But yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. Second thing I want to say, sprint. So get out and sprint regularly. So regardless of... um, what we're going through the situation any athletes should all athletes should be sprinting regularly anyway but it's even more important now not having regular games and regular training yeah the the requirement to get out and sprint is yeah it's just so much more important now now there's a couple of reasons why we want to get out and sprint the first one is we want to maintain the body's ability to be able to cope with the demands of sprinting so sprinting is very demanding on the body if you just sit around on your ass and don't sprint for a couple of months the body loses the ability to cope with those demands. So you'll get out and go and sprint and then likely hurt yourself. So keep sprinting to make so the body maintains its ability to be able to cope with the demands of sprinting. Second thing, maintain or even increase speed. The best way to get faster is to get out and sprint regularly. Now, power doesn't hang around very long. So you can see noticeable decrements in power after about seven days of doing nothing. So getting out and sprinting at least weekly is really important for maintaining speed and power. Now, when you get out and sprint, do some short stuff to um, work on acceleration, some longer or flying sprints to uh, work on max speed, throw a bit of change of direction stuff in. Yeah, but the main thing is just get out there and sprint. Now, when you sprint as well, we want max efforts. We're working on speed. It's not conditioning. So we want full recovery between efforts or as close to full recovery as possible given your time constraints. Yeah, so get out and sprint. Now, the third thing, so 
Overcoming isometrics can really be a great way to help maintain max strength. You're going to recruit a lot more fibers doing overcoming isometrics than you will using light loads for lots of reps. So what is an overcoming isometric? So an overcoming isometric is basically pushing as hard as you can against an immovable object. So a simple way to do these is using a towel. Two variations I like are deadlift and split squat. So basically what you'll do is you put the towel under your feet, hold it with your hands, and you're going to push into the ground as hard as you can, as hard as you can with your legs. Now, like I said, the benefit of these is you get increased fiber recruitment. recruitment. It more closely resembles um, max strength training using heavier loads as opposed to, like I said, lifting those lighter loads. So with these... You just want to do short, sharp efforts, so sort of three to five seconds, and you want to do multiple joint angles. And the same same thing is when you're doing max strength training. We want long rest between the sets because we want max efforts. So yeah, overcoming isometrics can be a good one to look into to help maintain your strength. Now, fourth thing, so we want to make light weights feel heavy. So if you only have access to lighter weights, we want to find ways to make those feel heavy. We don't want to be doing just hundreds of reps all the time. So we want to find ways yeah, to make those lighter weights feel heavy. Now, tempo is king here. Tempo is the easiest way to make those lighter weights feel heavy. Slow things down, add holds in, this sort of stuff. Changing that tempo will really will quickly make those light weights feel a lot heavier. Another good option is going to single leg or single arm exercises or split stance. So obviously, that's going to decrease the load you need to use to get a good training effect. And even something like including more single joint exercises is actually a good option when you have less load. Now, single joint exercises kind of get bastardized a bit for being not functional and things like that. But in these situations where you don't have a lot of load to work with, single joint exercises can be a good option for still getting a good training effect. Now, the fifth thing... So your training principles still remain the same. So don't just throw away all of your training principles because you don't have access to a gym. So things like progressive overload still apply. And you still want to utilize the same movement patterns you usually would. You're just going to manipulate the variables such as, like I said, uh, rep schemes, tempo, that sort of stuff. Now, a good example of this, I see a lot of people turning to push-ups Push-ups are a great exercise. You don't need equipment. So obviously in this situation, yeah, really useful exercise. But we don't want to just go crazy with the push-ups without balancing that out with some back work. So just one of those principles. So we still want to train the front and back of the body evenly. So if you're doing push-ups, that's great. But make sure you're also including rowing and upper back work, things such as band pull aparts just to balance that out. And this goes for the upper body and the lower body. So don't just hammer the quads. Make sure you're getting that um, glute and hamstring work in as well. So balance things out. Number six, don't forget about conditioning. So this is a great time. You don't need a lot. You don't need equipment to do conditioning. So you can get out and really build that conditioning base up, or at least don't lose what you've already what you'd already developed before they can sport. Now, when you do conditioning, I'd highly recommend not going out and doing long, slow distance running. Uh, sport is intermittent and high intensity in nature so that's what we want to prepare for so i would much my recommendation would be to get out and do interval training go to a field do interval based training 
the specific intervals you do, rest periods, all that sort of stuff is going to be dependent on your sport, fitness level, those types of things. But yeah, definitely recommend intervals over long, slow distance running. Now, seventh thing, this one is kind of separate from strength and conditioning, more of a sport-specific thing. So get out and practice your sporting skills still. Don't just only do strength and conditioning training during this period. You still need to get out and practice those sports skills. You don't want to come back to sport and still be really strong and fit, but have lost the ability to do all the skills relevant to your sport. So make sure you still get out and practice those skills. Then the eighth thing and the last one, so have fun with it. So this period, like it's kind of what you make of it. Just try and enjoy it for the, enjoy it as much as you can. You can try some new things with your training. Don't go crazy, but you can try a couple of new things. And it's a really good opportunity to work on things you're not so good at. No one's going to see you, so no one can judge you. So it's a great chance to work on those things that you're not great at. But yeah, it's not a great time. Like No one's really enjoying this period at the moment, but do your best to have some fun. And like I said at the start, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, and that's so that's all I've got for you at the moment in terms of training tips. I hope that helps out a bit. As I said at the start, I really appreciate everyone for listening. Thanks for tuning in for the second round. I'm going to get out of here, but I'll catch you guys all next time. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.